I know I wasn't here, but I know that um, I had Father Matias speak about chastity or purity, and he said that I always give him the toughest topics uh, to talk about, and that is exactly true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking about evangelism tonight, which is the, the funniest thing to, to talk about. So we'll speak about uh, tonight, continuing with how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and tonight... Uh, something that is so important, how to be more evangelistic, how to really have a heart like the one of God for those who are lost, those who are far away from Him. And we just read this emblematic uh, parable of, you know, the shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes to find that one that was lost. And so you have that quote there in, in the passage. And so we'll Take it apart and see what does it have to teach us about having a heart for those who are lost, about evangelism. The first relevant question that we could ask ourselves, I think, is why such a concentration on the lost? Why such a concentration on those who are not here? Wouldn't it be great if we just like take care of ourselves and, and just, you know, have fun ourselves and, you know, just have social events, uh, get formation, pray together? Why reach out? Why, you know, do tabling? Why do retreats? Why, why go out? <laughs> why reach out to others? If we are just, if, if we are good, if we are comfortable, if we have received everything that we need, let us just like close ourselves off and, and keep growing. And that would be a, a great thing. But I think that there's an answer in the letter of St. Paul to Timothy, and you have it there in 1 Timothy 2.4. Look at what uh, Paul says that is the will of God, the, the most inmost will of God. He says, This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wills everyone to be saved. That is the deepest desire in the heart of God, that everyone is saved. Isn't that true, though, when we experience any good thing in our lives? We want everyone to have that. If we experience that we receive um, a, a huge gift, you know, that has no limits, we want to share that with others. You know, it is amazing. It really strikes me that nowadays, 2019, there's still people in this world, on this earth, that die of hunger, that die of not having drinking water. It's amazing that we have advanced in so many ways and there's still people dying of hunger in our world today. And there's all these campaigns, you know, they're, they're called the zero campaign. You know, wouldn't it be great to have like zero hunger in the world? Zero people who have no drinking water in the world. Wouldn't it be great? Would be a great cause. I would give my life for that. You know, if in my generation I can, I can end a problem of hunger, I would give my life to that. Wouldn't it be amazing? You know, so many people that wouldn't die just because of that cause. And the same desire is in the heart of God, but for the salvation of souls, for the most important thing. He desires everyone to be saved. So he has another campaign. It's a zero forgotten campaign, zero condemnation campaign, you could say, that everyone would be saved. That is, that is the campaign of God. And that is the campaign that we want to join. 
So there's a great author who said once, and you heard me say this many times, that this generation of Christians is responsible for this generation of people. This generation of Christian is responsible for this generation of people. And so you can circle that, this generation, twice appears in that phrase. Because many times we have heard, you know, this generation of Christian is responsible for the future generation of Christians. And that, whether that is true, of course, because we need to transmit the faith to the next generation. But we are responsible for the people right here, right now. There's 30,000 souls here on this campus. So this generation of Christian students is responsible for this generation of students right now that would be here for this next four years. So I think that feeling that responsibility really helps us to feel like God feels, that we have received such a gift that we have to share it with others, that it would be selfish to just give this for myself. I cannot keep the salvation that Christ has brought into my life just for myself. I need to bring that new life into many hearts, as many as I can, as many as I can. So I'd like to share with you two types of strength and two uh, fishing styles that would enlighten us in this task of evangelism. In the first place, two uh, types of strength. Psalm 144 prays, The Lord my rock trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war. So those are the two types of strength, the strength of the arms and the strength of the fingers. We could say that the strength of the arms is the strength of power, the strength of you know, what we usually call strength, being strong. So that's the strength of the arms. And we all need that strength in order to, to battle, this, battle this fight of evangelism. But the psalm says also there's another strength, and that's the strength of the fingers. And that's the strength of skill and strategy, being able to to be very skillful in this mission. And we know how skill and strategy is a huge strength. You can, you can have a lot of strength, but if you're not very strategic, you can use that power in the wrong way. They say that Napoleon, he was the only officer who won a war without even fighting. He showed the, the other leader, you know, this is, this is your army, this is my army. Uh, do, do you really want to fight? And, you know, he showed them uh, where they were you know, all standing. And he said, like, no, I surrender right now. <laughs> Strategy sometimes is more powerful than even the power of the muscle. Mm -hmm. So we know that we also need that strategy, the strategy of the fingers, of the skill, that will allow us to, to bring people back to Christ. And that corresponds also with two fishing styles. We need the evangelism of Luke 5.4, and also we need the evangelism of Luke 15.4. In Luke 5.4, we read that Jesus says, go out, go out into the deep, he says, and then he says, lower your nets for a catch. That's the first fishing style, fishing by net. And that's a great effort that we do here at the Cinnamon Starter. And like every term, we lower the nets, you know, for a new Alpha course, for a new Venture course, for new Bible studies. And we try to invite people into the events and that mass evangelization. 
But we also need that second evangelism that requires the skill of the finger. Where Jesus said in Luke 15, 4, Who of you who loses a sheep will not go after the lost one until he finds it? So this is the one-on-one, -on -one, and this requires a lot of skill. It's the fishing style with the fishing pole. Not the net, lowering your net to get a catch, but you know the, the, the skillful fishing with, with a fishing pole, one at a time. And that's what is, what is needed also today. And especially today in the world today, I would say that this fishing style is all the more important because each person requires so much, you know, concentration and effort. So we want to ask the Lord Jesus tonight uh, for a heart for the lost, a heart for those who are farther away from him. So how can we acquire this? There's four phrases in Luke 15, in the parable that we just read, that I think they can enlighten us in this night. In the first place, Jesus says, what men among you? What men among you? Who of you, he says. So in that way, Jesus implies that this is not for everyone. Evangelism is not a passion that everyone feels in their hearts. We know that there's many Catholics, you know, who would... Uh, I went to Catholic... I did Catholic education, you know, my whole life. And even though I went to a Catholic school and everything, like, no one reached out to me. You know, I went through sacraments, of course, and all that, but no one asked, ever asked me, like, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I would be, like, surprised, like, what is that? But uh, nobody ever asked me, you know, in 12 years of Catholic education. And uh, we know that uh, this is not the passion of, of all of us. But Jesus says, this is for generous souls. This is for those who are willing to expand their world to expand their interests, to expand their hearts, and to care for others, for the salvation of others, and not just their own. Do you care that our people are saved, that our people know Jesus Christ, that our people get to heaven? Think of your family for a moment. Think of your friends. Think of your classmates. When you do rejoice in heaven and you get to see Jesus Christ face to face in that glorious day, who would you like to see right next to you? Because you can have a part on that right now, today. The Lord is calling generous souls. He doesn't need experts. He doesn't need the most skillful people. He just needs generous souls who know that there's a world beyond the, the, the tip of their noses. There's our people around us. In the second place, Jesus says, he leaves the 99. So always going after someone else, after the lost sheep, it requires to leave the 99 in the desert. And you know how the 99 is what brings us the most satisfaction. Isn't it great to just be here and then we go out and we chat and we, you know, the 99 always give you back. It is simple, it's easy. It's, you know, rewarding to be with the 99. When you go out of the group of the 99 to go and seek after the one that is lost, that's really tough because, it, because it's only you and God. 
before the other person. And you need to initiate the conversation, you need to you know, give your testimony, you need to invite, you need to be skillful, you need to bring them back. And that's very hard. It's not as rewarding. But Jesus promises there's greater joy. There's a hundred times more joy in seeing someone return than in being with the 99 just all the time. So it is an intentional decision to go leave the 99 and to go after that one that has been lost. In the third place, Jesus says, until he finds it. So look that Jesus doesn't specify the time. He says, until he finds it. We don't know how long the shepherd was seeking for that sheep. Maybe a day, maybe two, three, four, five, a week, until he found that sheep. So it takes time. It is an effort. It's an investment. And this also implies that we are insistent in this, that we cannot give up at the first trial. Jesus says, until he finds it, until he finds it. And so maybe the first time doesn't work, the second time doesn't work out. Be insistent in Christ. Christ praises being insistent. And in the fourth place and last, Jesus says, he sets it on his shoulders. He sets it on his shoulders. So the good shepherd didn't get to the sheep and left them with a GPS. You know, here's the, the route to get back. And like, you just now go, I'm, I'm going to go off. No, he, he, the, Jesus says that he sets it on his shoulders and carries that sheep back. So that's, we, we need to bring people back to help people come back, to carry them on our shoulders or put them under our wings, we could say. You know, like that case of Barnabas and Paul, how Paul converted. And Barnabas said, you know, you come with me now. If not, they will stone you, so you better come with me. <laughs> and he initiated him into the community of Christians in Jerusalem and with all the, all the people. And he would vouchsafe for him. He would say, you know, he's good, he's with me. You, know? you don't need to say that here. You know, he's, oh, he's with me, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but... We need to bring people back, to help people come back, come with them. The road away is very simple to, to, to transit, but the road back is very hard to cover. So people need to be brought back, need to be taken back. So finally, how can we concretely do this? How can we apply this? Three words, resolve, choose, and go. Resolve, choose, and go. In the first place, resolve, because yes, I am speaking tonight about, you know, classmates and, and so many people around us who are far away from God. But I'm also speaking about our own community. I want us to resolve tonight to take care of one another, to be a community that takes care of one another. This is not only my job. This is your job, too. I count on you, on each one of you to take care of those who are your friends, those who are in your small groups, those who, whom you know, that when you don't see them come you know, once and twice and three times, you may text them, you may go, you may seek after them, you may be insistent until you find them and you bring them back. How wonderful would it be if we start taking care of one another, 
if we keep each other accountable, if we help each other come back when we drift, because we all do at times. And we all need that call, that help, that coffee to share with others and, and help us come back. So in the first place, resolve just to have that attitude within the community and outside the community as well, but within the community in a special way too. In the second place, to choose. I invite you to choose someone. If you are aware of someone who is not so connected, start connecting them back into the community. Choose. Start praying for them. And then go. You know, we can talk all we want, but with evangelization, you, you need to go and do it. You know, I can give you a thousand talks on this, and you can take your notes. And, but they're, they're, they can be helpful. But until you, until you go out, there's, nothing happens. Nothing happens. So go. And go with three attitudes. Don't assume, don't demand, and don't ask. Don't assume. Why did people drift it? Don't demand. Make it easy for them. Don't demand them anything so that they may come back. Don't show them that there's hoops that they need to go through. It's very simple. You're part of this community. You just come back. And don't ask. Don't ask for any explanation. Don't call them out. Don't tell them that we miss them even. Well, maybe you can tell them that we miss them, but don't tell them that, like, where have you been? You know, uh, don't ask. Just say, things are good. This is just like the first day. Don't worry. And bring them back on your shoulders. I pray that we may become a community that has a heart for the lost, a heart for those who drift. That yes, our hearts may burn for our friends. And that's very important. And we have talked about friendship. But that our hearts may also start burning for those who could be potential friends of Christ. Those who are called to be closer to Him. A heart for the lost.